0: Hello, welcome to episode 11 of the State Champs Extra Inning Podcast for the state of Michigan alongside your High School Head Coach Adam Woolley. I'm your host, Rob Mendeika. This week, we get a chance to sit down with Brother Rice Head Coach Bob Riker about his team's success this season. But before that, let's take a few minutes to acknowledge our sponsors who are here to support us as we look to grow the game of high school baseball across the state of Michigan. State Champs Michigan Extra Inning Podcast is presented by the Lawrence Technological University. Recruit yourself to one of two dozen varsity level sports, including baseball, at Lawrence Tech. Simply log on to LTUAthletics.com and click the Recruit Yourself link.
1: Extra Innings is also brought to you by the Michigan High School Athletic Association. The MHSAA is in need of officials. Go to MHSAA.com for more information on becoming an official. Not only is it great part-time pay, but it's a way for you to stay connected to the game you love. Support the kids, give back to the game and the community while getting paid. Information on this is just a whistle away. Go to MHSAA.com
0: slash officials. The Detroit Medical Center's physical therapy and sports medicine professionals want you to check out our Game changer segments with helpful injury prevention and recovery tips. Find them on our State Champs YouTube page, our website, statechampsnetwork.com, or on the State Champs Michigan social media pages. And for immediate access to care, obviously go to dmc.org slash Game Changers. And last but not least, the Detroit Athletic Club Foundation's Male and Female High School Athlete of the Year Awards. State Champs streamed the event live. It was a wonderful event. Uh, you can watch it now, along with tons of bonus material across the State Champs Michigan social media channels, or by simply going to State Champ, the State Champs website, State Champs TV, YouTube channel, or the free streaming State Champs Sports app. There is not an excuse for you guys to not go watch this event. It was fantastic from start to finish. For more info, please visit DAC of the year.com
1: rob we also want to pass along to listeners a special thank you to the michigan high school baseball coaches association the mhsbca works tirelessly to promote the game of baseball by creating opportunities for coaches to connect and stay informed through clinics social media and incredible events like the annual high school all-star game coming up this month and hall of fame inductions for more information and to stay connected check out the website at www.mhsbca.org that's www.mhsbca.org.
0: Well, coach, before we get uh, to coach Riker and his success and all that good stuff, let's first go through. Uh, we talked last week, we previewed uh, the the district and the regional matchups, right? We kind of let everybody know who was playing where those have since passed. Uh, so let's give everybody a quick preview of the semifinal games. Coach, if you want to start us off with division four today.
1: Yeah. First, uh, let's pass along congratulations to all the teams and their participation within the regional tournament. I don't care who you are and what you do, whatever level, whether it's one or four, to get up into that level. It's exciting baseball. And we will take a deeper dive into this with Coach Riker as we go along and talk a little bit about ways that we are even looking to try to improve that format. But congratulations to all those teams. But like you said, let's start out with Division 4 and take a look at the brackets as they unfolded. Um, First, let's start up in the Concord Kalamazoo Hackett. That was Kalamazoo Hackett taking it 8 7 over Concord. And they will face off against Marlette, who downed Saginaw Michigan Lutheran 7 to 6. Down in the baseball semifinal number eight, it was Maple City Glen Lake 15, Gaylord St. Mary 6. Then followed by Marine City Cardinal Mooney over Ottawa Lake Whiteford 9 to 1, which sets up the Marine City Cardinal Mooney, Maple City Glen Lake. Uh, semifinal.
0: Rob, let's go on to division three yeah division three you know we had a we had a couple really good close games here starting out Traverse City St. Francis taking the 3-1 win over Evert uh, in the East Jordan uh, quarterfinal so Traverse City Francis going to the semis they're gonna be playing uh, Richmond who got the big win 13-2 over New Lothrop uh, at SVSU and then obviously we have uh, Buchanan taking the win over West Westphalia sorry if I messed that name up again I'm sure I did uh, 10-3 and University Liggett defeats uh, Riverview Gabriel Richard six. One so University Liggett versus uh Buchanan at Michigan State this week, Coach. What's going on in D2?
1: Up in Division Two, we have New Boston Huron with a surprise win over a highly ranked Trenton team, 7 5 to set themselves up into the semifinals. And they get the uh tremendous task of taking on Orchard Lake St. Mary's, who down Lutheran North 15 to 3 in five innings. And Orchard Lake St. Mary's is you know, I'm sure we'll talk about a little bit more, one of the top teams in all of the nation right now. Yep. So it'll be New Boston Huron taking on Orchard Lake St. Mary's, and down down in Division Two in the other semifinal, uh, we do have Stevensville Lakeshore, who's a perennial uh, team that shows up in that uh, region. Often they uh, down Grand Rapids South ten to one, and then to be quite honest with you, there was no score reported between Muskegon Oakridge and Gladwin, but we will find that out for you, and we'll get you that information. So uh, whoever had won that game, we're looking to take on Stevensville Lakeshore in the semifinal in Division Two. And to wrap things up, Rob, let's go over to Division 1.
0: D1, uh, Coach, no, once again, you know, it, it's it's a tale of two different games, it seems like here. It's either it's close or it's not. But at uh, the CMU level, we have midland Low winning a uh, close one against Hudsonville, 8-7, to seven, so midland Low going in to the semifinal. They're going to be facing off against Portage Central, who got the win over Grand Ledge, 6-1. to one. Uh, On the other side of the bracket here, uh, Gross Point North Falls to Grand Blank, 2 nothing. so Grand Blank moving on. They're going to be playing uh, – I guess a team that we know brother rice, possibly, I don't know. Uh, they get the three to win over U of D Jesuit. So congratulations to those teams once again, on making it uh, to the state semis, obviously next week are we going to be giving you guys the rundown on the, uh, the state finals and all that good stuff. So once again, congratulations to everybody that we just mentioned here, win or lose uh, great seasons all the way around. Uh, and we can't wait to see who comes out on top, but speaking of those teams that we, you know, I just mentioned brother rice and we have the honor to be joined by coach Bob Riker, who was a three sport athlete at brother rice high school. He wanted to play baseball at central Michigan university and was later drafted by our Detroit Tigers. After his professional career, he returned to brother rice as the assistant varsity baseball coach under coach Ron Kelsinski. upon coach Cal's retirement. Coach Riker was named the head coach in brother rice at 1998. Uh, Brother Rice, you know, the, the list. I mean, if you don't even know who he is at this point, you're about to be wowed and amazed. He's enjoyed extraordinary success there. Uh, you know, in nine Catholic League championships, 13 district championships, seven regionals. They've appeared in three state championship games and obviously took the ship in 2008. Uh, coach has helped over 70 players go on to play college baseball, including nine. Yes. Nine who have played professionally as well. One of the most well-known players, obviously being DJ Lemayhew. coach Riker and his over 600 plus wins was inducted into the MHBC hall of fame in 2016. So once again, let's welcome brother rice head coach, Bob Riker to the show coach. What's going on? Hey man. Thanks for, thanks again for having
2: me. I really appreciate it. Um, yeah, all those accolades, uh, you know, I didn't win one game and didn't lose one game. Those were all the players that I've had. I've been pretty fortunate, um, with the players that I've had to come to my school and, and, uh, when good players come, you know, good things happen. And then, you know, when they have success and they leave and go on and play in college, the younger guys see that and that they, they want to come too. So they, they've really set me up nicely, um, since 1990 as the assistant for the first eight years and since 98 as the head coach. So, um, I've, I've been, like I said, really, really fortunate. And, uh, I couldn't, couldn't ask for a better coaching staff as well. You know, the guys that I've had on my staff uh, have been unbelievable and uh, I'm more of a, a manager of personalities and a manager of uh,
3: mm-hmm. of players.
2: So, um, you know, a lot of the, a lot of that all goes to my assistant coaches and, and, and the players and their athletic ability. So I, but I appreciate the kind comments.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Coach, you know, the biggest thing, let's just tackle it right on. You know, we mentioned you guys, you guys are going to your state semis this week. Um, first off, congratulations on what's again a huge accomplishment. How does it feel to be so close once again to another state championship appearance? Right. I mean, pressure's on for sure. I mean, you know, how does it feel? What are you telling your guys, What what's going on in, in your guys' camp?
2: Well, I've, I haven't really said much to my guys cause I gave them today off and I'm going to give them tomorrow off as well. Um, cause it was a, it was a tough, tough uh, regional and quarterfinal. Mm-hmm. Um, and in my head though, I'm kind of thinking, uh, hopefully three's a charm. So this is <laughs> the third year in a row, we've gone there and haven't gotten past the semifinal game. You know, Woodhaven really handed it to us um, I think three years ago with COVID, you mm-hmm. know, being the last year. And then uh Portage really hammered on us too. So um, you know, we've gotten there, gotten to the final four, just haven't been able to get it done. So this is a different group though, a lot of different guys. I have eight returning guys from two years ago that played. Mm -hmm. Um, and I've got 14 guys that have never played a varsity game and 14 of them being freshmen and sophomores. So, um, so we've got, uh, our work cut out for us, like we always do. And, uh, to get out of the region and and even our district is, is very tough all the time. Mm -hmm. Uh, When you play the, the, local schools in our area, um, to get out of there was, was great. And then to go on into the regional and have to face who we face to get out of there. And then, obviously the quarterfinal against you would be well coached. Um, Gary does a great job. His kids play the game the right way. And we played six games against them this year. And, you know, we, we've taken all six, but I'm telling you, it's always come down to the last inning. So it's right. like right. yesterday. So um, it's tough. And, and I think playing in our Catholic league central division um, kind of sets us up for those types of days uh, where, you know, you're going to have to grind from the first pitch to the last pitch. So, I'm sure my guys will be ready, but again, they're excited. They're, they're young kids. I got 14 and 15 year old kids that uh, are facing guys throwing, uh, you know, 90 to 98, you know, yep. at orchard Lake in our league. So they walk walked back wide eyed. So uh, <laughs> gonna, those guys six times, I'm like, you're probably not going to see anybody better than those six. Right. Cause they're playing D2. So um, yeah, we'll be ready. I'm excited. I'm excited mostly for them um, and our school. Um, it's always good because anytime we have success, that means, you know, people see our school and, and, uh, see what we do here and get the chance to see my players and, and they're way better people than they are players. And that's what I'm most proud of. Um, so again, it's, it's great. And like I said, I'm excited to see them have a chance to play and, and, and compete. And, you know, my time of competing is a long time ago. Um, I just try to give them an opportunity to uh, to showcase their talents and learn how to play the game the right way.
1: Bob, let's unpack that a little bit because one of the things that, you know, we've talked about at, at almost ad nauseum, and we've had on a couple of veteran coaches and uh, you know, in the past. And one of the things that I've noticed even about my own self is the differentiation between, you know, coaching the players, managing the personalities and having them have the ability to basically tap into the potential that they have. I know that this has been a a challenging season for you guys early on and that there had to be a lot of growth. You alluded to it with the the tough competition that you play in the Catholic league. Can you just explain to everybody, you know, where you guys were at the beginning of this season and how this season has come along for you with all these fresh faces and combining them with the guys who have returned. How have you gotten that group to mesh into an accomplishable group? And you know, what have you had to overcome just to let enlighten a lot of the people on what you guys have had to overcome.
3: Well,
2: first off, they they pushed the start date back a week. So that was a little bit difficult. And I try to always have five days of tryouts to give everybody an, a fair opportunity, mm-hmm. especially last year when we didn't have a season. So this year I did something a little different. I said anybody that was on the varsity two years ago, you automatically have a spot because that's usually not how it works mm-hmm. at our school. Right. You have to earn it every year. Um, so we had three days of tryouts. And then on Thursday... You know, we handed out equipment Friday. We had our first practice Saturday. We're in a doubleheader against divine child starting our league.
3: Wow. Wow.
2: So we went right, right into it. And, uh, you know, we were playing and, you know, now you got to get tested, which was fine. My kids were great at at making sure they were getting tested and and staying, staying clear. But I remember that first practice on Friday, um, I brought them into the locker room and and I basically told them this, and this is kind of standard for every team. Um, I think, especially, especially my team's that, you know, we have 23 guys on our team, which is more than most people have. Um, And you have 14, seven freshmen and seven sophomores um, that are on the team for the first time playing varsity sports. You got to walk through that clubhouse door. And out of those 23 guys, you got to be number 23 on your list. Mm -hmm. If you're number one coming in that room, we got problems because you got to think about the other 22 guys before you think of yourself. And that's one of the things I try to really stress is to think of others first and think of your teammates first. And because you got a lot of older guys and a lot of guys that are scrapping that want to play in college and they've got those things on their agenda. And I get that.
3: Yeah. Um, right. But
2: if you play together as a team, good things will happen. People will come watch you and that all that other stuff will happen. If you're totally focused on just yourself, um, we're going to have problems and we'll probably be finished early. So, um, But if you can ser- seriously look to the guy to your right, look to the guy to your left, and be genuinely happy when they're successful, whether it's you're playing or not playing. And when they're down, genuinely try to help pick them up. Then you've got something to work with, no matter how talented your team is. So um, these guys have really taken to that, and uh, they listened to what I had to say. And and uh, it helps having obviously the the career that we've had in the program we have at Brother Rice. It kind of speaks for itself, and the guys that go on and play. So. Um, and the young guys are just eager to play. So a lot of times it's the older guys that kind of get caught up in stuff, especially seniors, you know, they're out of school early. There's a lot of distractions. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the last thing is, is, is I only have them for a couple hours a day for the most part. And we practice pretty much every day when we're not playing except for Sundays. Um, unless we have to play on a Sunday because of, because of rain outs or whatever. Um, the other 23, 22 hours a day. Yeah. I don't know who they're with but i know they're with the majority of the time their parents so a lot of times when their parents start talking and 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 again their their two biggest fans are their parents their mother and their father and <clears throat> and uh they 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 have to kind of take that with a grain of salt as far as when they think they're just fixated on their son
3: mm-hmm. and
2: i get that i'm a parent too but if their parent if their kid can kind of understand where they're coming from but when they walk through that door on that field they're number 23 on our list, then then we've we've got some ingredients to do some good things. So, um, and nothing against the parents. Like I said, I get where they're coming from. And um, but when you're around them a lot and you hear the talk, it tends to rub off and you start to think, playing, or why aren't I hitting third in the lineup, or why didn't I pitch today? Or, you know, why didn't I make that team? You know, it's one of those things that it's it's hard to overcome when you're constantly hearing that. And you know, the kids are influenced by their parents and, um, you know, rightfully so as a parent, I would want to be the biggest influence in my child's life too. So, um, I get that. So, um, and I'm not knocking the parents. I'm just saying, those are the things that we talk about, um, as a coaching staff to our players and say, Hey, when we're here, dude, we're in this together. And, you know, you can do a lot of, a lot of really good things. And with these guys, um, you know, somebody asked me, you know, what's your philosophy, and in my philosophy, and I kind of look at them. I really don't have a philosophy. And they're like, you don't have a, a, a coaching philosophy. And I said, well, well two things that I kind of live by is one, um, I'm going to treat your kid, my player, mm-hmm. as right. if he was my kid. Right. Now, you might right. not like how I treat my kid, but I'm going <laughs> to I treat my my own child. Ever ask them to do anything that I haven't already done or aren't willing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and, then, and then they kind of get it. So I think that's one of the things that um, our team gravitates around is that, you know, we're all in this together and, and uh, they know I care about them just as much as I know they care about me. So I'd run through a wall for them and they'd run through a wall for me. And that's, that's been a really, really good thing. Now we have our Rocky spots here and there. And, you know, when kids show up late and, you know, they <laughs> in their dress or whatever, but those are all things that I've had happen to me and I've done too. I've made mistakes, but Once they, you know, pay for the mistake and they, you know, we're clean slate. Let's go get after it. And, and, uh, but the game of baseball is to me is really simple. It's three things. You throw strikes, you catch the ball and you put the ball in play more than the other guys. You're going to win 75% of your game. And that's what we really work on every day.
1: So one of the things that you had uh, touched on in there was just obviously having everybody on the same page. Right. And yeah. I think another big thing that you drew out of there is kids don't care what you know until they know that you care. Right. That's right. Your-
2: Absolutely. And they don't care what I did as a player. Either. Right? Right. All those things you read, they could care less. They don't, <laughs> they don't care. So I try never to talk about it, about anything that I've done or anything like that. But they'll ask me how, like I had a player. Um, who's now a head coach uh, on the west side of the state, when he was a senior, he came to my house and he said, hey, how do we win a championship? And I'm looking at him like, well, you got to kind of figure things out. He goes, no, you guys won championships at Central Michigan. What did you guys do? And so I've tried to, based on that conversation with him, the last six to seven years, try to tell the kids, this is what you're going to encounter. This is what you have to be able to overcome." And this is what you're going to have to be able to do. And one of those things is obviously play together, but there are a lot of other things. I mean, you gotta be, you gotta think about it all the time. And, and, uh, and that gets, that gets tiring. And that's, that's, that's a lot of mental toughness that you have to have because there's so many other things that they're doing these days, you know, with social media and schoolwork and girlfriends and all that other stuff. So um, for me, um, just showing up at the ballpark every day and especially with these guys. And I've said this, from the get-go, I mean, when we played Orchard Lake the first five times, they had scored 64 runs, we had scored three, mm-hmm. and we had been mercyed five times. I haven't been mm-hmm. mercyed five times, and I can't remember a team that I've had been <laughs> mercyed
3: five times.
2: So, um, so that's humbling, but again, um, it's a process, especially when you have the younger guys. Like I said, those games matter, but they really don't matter. It's what you use from what you've learned from those games, and you're going to play them one more time, and that's mm-hmm. the one that's the big one. And, you know, we were really close, um, but couldn't finish through. So um, I think they learned a lot from that too. So with these guys, I've said all along, uh, I like my team and and, and I, I love my team and I love my players. Um, I do every year, but these guys, there's just something about them that they like to be around each other. So as a coach, when you see the guys like to be around one another, um, you know, you have a recipe that that could be, breed some success.
1: I had no I had no question in my mind that things were going to turn around. And uh one of the, you know, having some inside knowledge and inside baseball with I'm them. glad you did. I, I really felt. did, I really did, Bob. I really did. And I had heard that there were some things, you know, some plans that you had implemented to go up against Orchard Lake, and you alluded to it. It was a six-five loss, but you guys played much, much better. Was there a magic bullet um or just something that you could sense within your team? This season where you saw it within them that they were like, holy cow, I believe that we can go on and and do bigger and better things because, you know, as well as I do, you need to taste success usually in order to be successful,
2: right? That's that's funny you say that because um, early on when we were getting shellacked by them, I basically said the next day at practice, I said, the issue here is not your ability. Mm -hmm. The issue is I believe in you and your talent more than you guys believe in your talent. Right. And um, so, again, I think that kind of opened their eyes. And, you know, when we were up one run in that last inning with two outs and they had a guy on and, and McKay, you know, God love him. You know, is <laughs> at the plate? And, you know, Wilchinski is pitching. His... Oh, do we do we lose? Do we lose coach here for a second? Meet I, I eye to the game. Oh, and I, I said oh. to him. Oh. You good yeah sorry about that coach looks like we lost
0: you there for a second
2: that's okay so you know after we had lost you know I don't talk much after the game um because they're not gonna listen to me anyway so um and we don't drive buses so they mm-hmm. always bring the gear to my truck and I remember in the in the back behind my truck they were down obviously because they knew how close it was and uh i I basically,
0: looks like we're sorry about that guys we're having some technical difficulties i got you
2: i'm good can you hear me now yeah sorry bob yeah no you're okay it's all right so i don't know where i left off but i'm just saying i i I said to him after that game when we were loading up the gear into my truck i said basically you know look at me and they all looked up and i said hey could you taste it and they're like yeah and i said that's what i was talking about i said i've been fortunate enough As a player, I played at CMU and in the 80s, you know, we dominated um, and won a lot of championships and got a chance to go to regionals and almost get to World Series. I said that bond that you have by winning um, that's created there's 15 or 20 guys from my Central Michigan team who I talk to periodically. But if I gave a call and said, hey, I need something, they wouldn't even hesitate. And And I said, that's the bond that I'm talking about. And it's not what you're doing but it's who you're doing it with. You won't remember any of the games, but you'll remember who you did it with. That's and so that's one of the things that um, I hammered home early and, and they've just kind of bought into it. And then the last thing, they've done everything I've asked them to do. They've done everything I've asked them to do. And, um, and they've been great. And they self-police and manage themselves. So they, they've been great.
0: Coach, I had a, I, hold on. I had a question real quick here before we before we continue on here. Just because we we talk so much about the mental game on this show, we've done it so many times now, and we we've asked several coaches their philosophy and stuff like that. Uh, but just to piggyback off what you said earlier about the mental side of it, have you found over this stretch right where it's kind of started to kind of come together for you guys that the mental aspect of the game, whether the game has slowed down for them or they've changed their approach or what have you? um, has really kind of picked up and taken it to a next level, because like you said, right, you have to, you have to kind of achieve something first to start to to buy into that process. Right. So when you guys have hit these strides now, do you think that the mental side of it is, is really running at all cylinders now, as you go into this home stretch run?
2: Yeah, I, most definitely. And and to me, when I, when I went up to central, I, I had the, uh, I was very fortunate because I played for a guy named Tom trash who was the gold glove winner with the Yankees. Mm -hmm. Um, Unbelievable guy. Um, He said to me when I first got there and he was the guy that really recruited me uh, to go there. He looked at me and he says, Hey, everybody's about equal here. It's about 85% mental now. So if you can be mentally tougher than everybody else, then you're going to be fine. Cause if you look at me, I'm six foot, nothing a hundred and nothing. (laughs) And I ended up playing at one of the top schools in Michigan Um, Getting a chance to play professionally for a year. um, It wasn't based on talent. It was based on mentally being tough and wanting it and all that. So um, the mental part right now with our guys wasn't always there. Uh, I alluded to how I talked to them and and talking to them goes so far. But uh, the stretch before our district Saturday, uh, we had played the pre-district against North Farmington and we kind of came out kind of flat. And uh, we pulled that one off and easily could have gone the other way. Um, so I, uh, I did something that uh, I, I've done before um, just to see, for me, what I had here. Because mm-hmm. uh, So we ran the whole day. We didn't even bring a glove or a bat out. Went, oh, wow. And we ran uh, 24 poles. And then we read what we call Burma roads, which are home to first, second to home, home to second, home to, you know, you get the deal. So we ran six of those. And I said, uh, you know, this isn't a punishment. This is just me trying to figure out what I'm going in with here, because, you know, we got an opportunity that's in front of us. And, and I want to see, you know, what I got. So um, they had never done that before. And I'd never had to do that before. And, and I told them I said, Hey, I've done it. I've had to do it. So I'm not asking you to do anything I haven't done. So they came out Wednesday um, and uh, we did some stuff similar where we played one inning games. So one inning games and I had my assistant pitch, assistant coach pitch, and I divvied up my players into two teams. And I said, basically, it's a one inning game and uh, losers run five poles. Winners don't have to run, but if you tie, you both run 10. So by the (laughs) end, by the end of that day, uh, one team had run 45 poles, The other one had run 35 polls. Wow. So that was on Wednesday or that was on Thursday. Okay, yeah. So now the guys are like, what the hell is this guy doing? So Friday we went out and did a normal practice. And I think I might have overextended a few of my players, uh, cause their legs might've been a little shot for Saturday. Um, but I said to him on Friday, I said, I know what you're going to have to go through Saturday. You're going to have to go through and you're going to have to beat Bloomfield right? And they're going to come after you at 1230 at 12 o'clock. And then if you win that game, you're going to have to play West Bloomfield, or you're going to have to play Home. And it's not easy playing teams that are in your backyard. Those fans are crazy and they want to beat you because they feel like you're taking their kids from their school. I'll be honest, because we're a private school. Um, so they want you. And, uh, those were difficult games. I mean, those games could have gone either way. And then, uh, you know so it was good so mentally i i think they're in the right spot right now and and i'll be honest with you that week of practice um leading into yesterday because i knew we were going to play woodhaven mm-hmm. I mean, and woodhaven like i said handed it to us a couple years ago um and uh you know it would have been a different story too if they had their number 1 their number 1 is on the shelf a little bit with his bad arm so it would have been a totally different game um but uh, I knew they were going to have to get through them and they were going to have to get through either UAD or Detroit Western who both well-coached teams. And I just knew what they were going to have to do. Cause those double headers in the heat on turf are not easy to do. So uh, I almost, I almost screwed myself a little bit, <laughs> run them a little bit before the district, but I think they got the message and they knew they like, I get if Like you said, Adam, they, if they know you care about them, they'll do anything for you. And I, and I know they knew why I was doing what I was doing. So right. mentally, I think they're right, Rob, I think they're right where they need to be. And, and when you get to the final four, anything can happen, man. Anything so can happen.
1: Let, me, let me ask you this as a veteran of somebody who's been to that level. I mean, I I've, I've tasted the success and I, I, you know, there's, there's envy. I'm not gonna lie, you know, that I'd, I'd like to be out there, but as a guy who hasn't made it beyond the region, I I'm genuinely curious, Bob. As you're making your way to the semifinals here, the state semis, and the games become bigger, how how do you approach practices at this time of year? Are they are they as intense? Are you do you pull off a little bit? Do you read well, the room? You know, well,
2: like I, 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 I it varies. I don't have a set recipe for that. I'll give you an example. I had I had to take out my catcher yesterday um, in the second game, and I had to put in a freshman catcher who did a great job um, because he was cramping up. And even Fredo was cramping up a little bit on the mound, yeah. so I knew they were they were they were spent. So I I like I said I always give them Sundays off. I'm giving them tomorrow off as well, um, and uh, because they need their legs underneath them, their arms need to rest a little bit. And we'll with these guys Tuesday and Wednesday. I'll do my normal routine practice with them. Um, I might go a little shorter on um, Wednesday, but I do do this. Because um, I knew we were going to have to get up early because we played the eleven thirty game and to get to East Lansing and take our swings. So I'll practice when we play. So I knew um, Saturday we were going to play early. So uh, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday we practice at nine. Now we're out of school, so I can do that. Okay. Um, so I'm get them used to doing that because they'll stay up till three in the morning and that's get right. up twelve in the afternoon. And that's not going to fly when you have to play and be ready to go. Yep. So, um, so we'll practice early um, Tuesday and we'll practice early Wednesday. So they're used to doing that. And you kind of test them there too, how bad you want it, you know, yeah. because again, there's summers long. I mean, but this week is, is only, only four or five days. So, um, so I don't really change my practice. I'll be honest with you. There was one, uh, let's see, two years ago when I was in the, the semis, we didn't practice for two days. I didn't practice at all. Now that was because I didn't want to practice, but we had something happen in the clubhouse that I wasn't too happy with. And again, that togetherness thing. Yeah. Uh, right. I said, Hey, you guys figure it out. Figure it out. Yeah, this it is. is not how we do things, especially here at brother rice. Mm-hmm. You do not take stuff from other people's lockers. Right, so I'm like, right. I don't even want to be around you. You got two days off. I'll see you in East Lansing at this time. And we'll go. Bigger, bigger lessons in life, bigger lessons. in life. Yeah. Baseball is a a big thing, but it's not the biggest, right? Um, It's not all about baseball and it never has been for me. And the people that know me best, it's not about wins and losses either. To me, if you do all the other things, right, the wins and losses will take care of themselves. I've never been that guy and I'll never throw a guy that's not ready to go. I'll never throw a guy that might not be a hundred percent because most of these guys have their bigger and better baseball ahead of them. Mm -hmm. I'm never going to jeopardize that. So um, again, there's, there's more important things um, than baseball.
1: I love it, Bob. And, and, you know, that was like one of the biggest reasons why I was looking so forward to talking to you, you seriously, you are humble. You're not letting us really pay you these compliments that, you know, trust me, brother, you've had some huge impacts on these from a co- kids on a from a coaching perspective, if you're humble. But the other thing, like I can t- tell you this from the moment I met you way back in 2011, when we had our one and only game against each other, you're honest. And I love that about you. And I love that about your demeanor. So I want to ask you something okay, with regard to the districts and how things are unfolding. When, when you take a look at, How we set this whole thing up. What are some ways that, you know, you could, if if, if you had your hands on the keys or had some ideas that you could bring to the committee and we could make some improvements in the district and in the regions, what are some ways that we could improve it so that we could have a more equitable way of getting the best teams into the best positions? Now, I will preface this by saying this, Grand Blank. Portage Northern, yourselves, these are all teams that should be there, to be honest with you, right? So I, I like the fact that when everything was shaken up, we've got some great teams that are at the top of the heap here. But what are ways that, that you envision and what are some ways that we think that we could wrap our heads around improving the game so it does become more equitable? Because we do hear private versus public and all of these other things that creep up. So just t- talk a little bit about that, like some ideas that you've had.
3: Right.
2: Uh the private and public thing, I know that's a difficult thing. You know, a lot of the public schools don't necessarily like to have to play us or or St. Mary's or D LaSalle. I, I get that, uh, or U a D. Um and and I, I don't know how you would do that other than to have two different state titles. And 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 I'm okay with that too. I, I'm okay, okay with that too. I, I have Mm-hmm. I'll play anybody, anywhere, anytime. That's kind of how I am. So right. I, I don't have any issues with that at all. I would still like the chance to play the public schools, though, in non-league games because I've set – have friendships and relationships with guys like the Gross Point South guy, Danny Griesbaum, mm-hmm. plays me every year. I play him every year no matter how good we are or how good they are. And, you know, I don't want to lose that type of thing. Um, so in regards to the Catholic League and the private schools – Versus the public schools, I, I get that argument, and and I'm fine with whatever they want to do. But if you're going to keep us all together, to me, it's very easy. Now, I'm not saying it's easy to do because the <laughs> scheduling might be difficult. But you got to see people. Yeah. You got to see people. You cannot have, um, you cannot keep changing teams from district to district with no logical reasoning. And I'm sure they have some reasoning. They just don't outwardly communicate what that reasoning is. So again, that hurts them probably a little bit too, but if you see them based on the leagues they play in and their record and the competition, just like they do in college football or anything that you can rank them. And I think that would probably be the easiest thing to do. Um, and then, then you don't have four teams that have the top four players that are pitchers going against each other or the top four teams with the top four records going against each other. Because I know the four teams that are in the semis going in this year for division one, um, they all have the right to be there. They've all earned that right. And they all right. are, they're, they're not really Cinderella's or anything like that. They, they, they their makeup to get there has been positive, but there's about six or eight more teams that could easily say they could be there too, but they might've had a more difficult road than mm-hmm. maybe one of us right, right, right. Uh, did too and then you start to play with the pitchers and things like that. So I think if you see teams um that would be I would be all for that and I think it's a great thing. And and I've always big a big been a big proponent that when you get to the finals that it's two out of 3. Um because again um you know, this might be me because of where I coach and what I have, but I like my chances against anybody when it's two out of three, because in baseball, which to me is the most difficult sport division one wise to win a state title. um, One guy can beat you.
3: Mm -hmm. You can be a
2: mediocre to below average team, but if you got a guy that can huck it, you know, nobody's going to touch them. So um, so those are two of the things I would definitely look into. Um, But I love the two out of three and I love the seating part. And I don't really know or understand because it's never been communicated how they do what they do now. I don't know that. because I used to think it was just by where your school was to relationship to everybody else because everybody makes it in baseball, which I think is a great thing. So everybody has a chance.
0: So coach, I want to ask you about that part because I think that is, that's something that I think we should delve into a little bit here is, is the, I guess the lack of communication or lack of transparency uh, on the process as it stands right now, uh, me and Coach talked last week a little bit about a a rough sketch of how the districts are drawn, and and Coach Woolley broke it down for me because I honestly did not know I I didn't I didn't have any real you know perception of how the districts got chosen because I even when I was a player or in high school I didn't really understand how we would play certain teams as compared to others so do you think that the communication from the MHSAA would, and it's maybe some explanation on how they derived at the brackets as they stood maybe this year and years past would maybe alleviate some of the questions or frustrations that coaches and programs and schools would have just by knowing, okay, whether the logic is correct or flawed, what have you just being able to know this is what they did. Okay. And so that then you can go back to the MHBCA and say, all right, this is what they're doing. How can we transform this to make it a better overall system for the players? Because at the end of the day, that's why we're all here is for the players.
2: Yeah, I agree with you there. And you are right. Everything you do in a school, whether it's athletics or academics, is for the players. And that's a lot of times when administrators or higher-ups or powers-to-be that makes decisions, you kind of look at them and you're like, did you make that decision based on what's best for the whole? group of students because that's really what it's all about. It has nothing to do with the teacher group or right. the staff group. It should always be in regards to what's best for the, the player or the student. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you're correct though, Rob. I think if they would communicate a little bit as to how they do things and why they've done some things, that's fine. I'm going to be really honest with you. I've been coaching for, you know, since 1990. Yeah. I'm yeah. not even sure. Is it the MHSA that sets up the districts or is it a Michigan High School Baseball Coaches Association? I don't know. But whoever does it, I I think maybe part of the issue might be who they have that run the districts, like who host the districts. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, so, Because they always try to kind of share the wealth. Like I know for the longest time, you know, Seahome would host a district for us and then Groves would host a district. Back in the day, Southfield, Lathrop in our district would host a district. Mm -hmm. We never hosted a district because our field was like uh, pasture. But now we have one of the best, if not the best field right now to accommodate a huge crowd Mm -hmm. and, and, and non rain outs because we have turf. Um, so we've been hosting some, so I think that might have something to do, but I don't know, that would be what I would guess that if so-and-so is going to host this year because they've applied to be the host, then because those schools that are close to them, that's going to be in their district. So, um, I don't know, but I think communication is very, very important and not being afraid of making a change. You know, and and to me, because I mean, you even look at the the big leagues; they've gone to wild cards,
3: mm-hmm.
2: right? NBA changed their whole format this year. You know, based oh, it's on
3: expanding, right?
2: Yep. Right, they're talking about going to twelve. Yep. So I think it could be a good thing. And and right now, um, but changes work. You you gotta you gotta work, and you gotta figure it out, and you gotta want to do that. But again, if you're, if your number one goal is to do what's best for the teams and their players then you always have to look at change because change is really the only thing that's inevitable yep. throughout life. So you're going to have to deal with it. So again, I, I think that communication is a start. Um, like I said, but, uh, you know, I don't know what that answer is, but I do like the seating process because I don't know, you know, how else you would do it. And, uh, it's pretty easy to see, you know, who, I mean, we rank the top 10, right. Every year they, or every week, they come up with this teams, this, right. and it's based on record and who you play and, um, and all of that. So I think, I think that would be, that would be a good start.
1: Well, Bob, listen, I, I want to tell you that we really appreciate you coming on. It was it was not only a, a great chance to catch up with you and to, and to wish you congratulations and and give you the accolades that you and your team deserve. Obviously, you know, like you said at the outset, it's all about the kids. Um, I want to wish you the best of luck, although I don't believe in luck. I just think that if you play the game better than the next guy, like, like you said, throw, score, throw score strikes, board, field the ball. right? Scoreboard, <laughs>
2: scoreboard never lies. That's for that's sure. Right. Scoreboard never lies. And an umpire never wins or loses a game. So anybody that tells you that the scoreboard never lies. (laughs) But no,
1: you, you were great. I I love the idea of, you know, watching a person like yourself who's had such great success, talk about the consistency of progressing throughout this game. And that at the end of the day is what it's all about. This is not a complaint session. This is a celebration of what we're doing as a group. And honestly, for you to like, Shed some light on that, and also to, to you know participate in the exchange of ideas. That's what it's all about, and to have a person like yourself. And I'm going to pay you a compliment. You're going to take it. That, you know, to have somebody with some sway and some success and stuff like that come to the forefront and say, "Hey, look, let's look to expand. Let's look to grow." I hope that the powers that be are listening because, at the end of the day, I'm I'm in the same camp as you. I just want to see what is ever best for the players be the thing that we put out on the table as a coaching group and as a governing body and make it work out. So, cause like we said, at the end of the day, the best teams are going to find their way there. And congratulations, my friend,
2: on being one of those, one of those. Hey, best teams. Hey, thanks Adam. It means a lot. Thank you very much.
0: No problem. man. I mean, every word of it. All right, guys, that's going to do it for this week's episode. of The state champs extra podcast. Once again, congratulations to all those regional winners. We look forward to seeing some great games to end the year. Uh, once yeah, let's again, go state, right? State championships, Bob, man. I know I'm excited. I'm pumped. I'm ready to go. I don't want to blow speakers here. All right. <laughs> okay. I, last thing we need is more technical difficulties on this episode. All right. So listen, I'm with you, but once again, a huge thank you to coach Bob Riker uh, for taking the time to talk with us today on a myriad of topics and good luck the rest of the way. Uh, maybe we'll get to talk to you next season, but Fred, Moy I'm Robin Dyker saying thanks for tuning in and join us next week on the state champs extra innings podcast finale F I N A L E finale I promise you right now if everything goes the way we want it to you're not going to want to miss it so once again thank you so much we'll see you guys next time